Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this post-election Wednesday night of Breaking with Brett Jensen, 704-570-1110. And guys, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest in breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And if you've been following me on Twitter, you would have seen all the stuff that I did on the Charlotte Observer and the way they handled the advertisement stuff of Tark Bakari. That gained roughly almost 50,000 views on Twitter. And then I put up a Tark Bakari, a Tark Bakari uh, image of the plane and the banner that he hired to fly around South Park yesterday. And I took a screenshot of that. Was the only person in Charlotte to have it, I think. Uh, maybe a couple of cameramen actually have it. I take that back. And put that out on Twitter. And that got like 38,000 views, 40,000 views. So that's why I tell you, follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen. Okay, so Tark Bakari did win last night. Everyone knows that. It's old news by now. You know, he won almost exactly at like 9.50 last night. So he won by 352 votes against Stephanie Hand, who was very controversial because of the way she misled about her uh, job experience with the airport. But immediately after the win last night, after he gave his victory speech, I pulled Tark Bakari to the side and he had he and I had a very, very in-depth conversation about the election. So about 30 minutes ago, you won re-election. Um, at what point did you think, you know what, I think we're going to win? Um, honestly, it was when the final two precincts were reported. I literally, because I knew we, we had two precincts left. One was hers, one was mine, but hers was bigger, and I was only up by, you know, 200-some votes. So uh, I knew that it could go either way at that point. So I have, I've been in some contentious races. I've never had just a walk-off before, but I don't think I've ever been in one that was this to the wire. I was at peace with whatever happened because I knew we left it all on the field, and uh, and, and there, there was nothing more we could have done. Uh, but at the end of the day... You know, I, I just, I really didn't know it was going to happen, and I really was worried for our city and, and, and knew, you know, the things I do there uniquely, I wasn't sure they were going to be done if I wasn't there. So I really wanted to be there. During this whole process, and you, like you just said you've been in difficult elections in the past, but this one had the most notoriety because it was basically the only race in town this, this year for this particular election. So all the eyes were focused on you. What did you learn about yourself and the way 
with you and your wife and your family? Not not the campaign, but what did you guys learn about yourself through all of this? Well, I mean, that's a great question. One, I learned that my kids who have grown up now over the last six years, for the most part, my oldest is 10, right? Uh, over the last six years, they've grown up in this world and they are paying attention. And not just like, like they, they've grown up at polls, like being at the polls. They're so great out there. You don't have to ask them to do anything. They, they go at it. But my oldest son actually, you know, this was, this was great. He, he, he is really to the age now where he, we sat down and had a serious conversation. And I actually asked him, I'll tell you this. I haven't told anybody else. He, he on Friday, I said, hey, because he's been through a lot. We've been as a family through a lot. Cops patrolling our house from death threats. You know, all kinds of things that absolutely were uncalled for that, that we've been under. And I said, hey, do you, would you prefer if I win or lose on, on Tuesday? And without question, he said, I want you to win. I said, well, I want you to really think about that. Really think about if ultimately uh, I win or lose. Like, what, what do you want? Because serving the city is is one thing and what I do is unique but the time that I can spend with you the family the 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 amount of money we could have to do stuff would be very different if I was out and had the time to you know go into work fully and he thought he said can I have until Monday to answer you and we had a couple conversations since then in the end he said uh he's like it's kind of 50 50 but I hope you lose and I said wow and he said, because at the end of the day, like, I think there's so much stuff we could do together. Um, but I also understand how important it is what you do for the cops, what you do for the different things you do. So that's a 10 year old. I know that's a bit of a long story, but like that was the most impactful thing there. And then finally, on my wife, she's a killer. She's an absolute killer who cares so much about the city. And whatever you think you saw hard work from me through this period, she was doing double waking up in the morning peppering me with did you do this have we thought about this every night before we go to bed this is as much her victory as anybody else's you said a lot in a lot of interviews you've been saying this from day one that if you lost this seat that the republicans would never get this seat back and you won this election again because of the independents not because of the republicans but because of the independents voting for you or you know, getting close to fifty percent of the independents. If you were to have lost, do you really believe that Republicans never would have gotten the seat back? Uh, yeah, I, I did believe that, and it's because you know I come in with incumbency name ID from six years. That's a plus. Um, but the opponent who would have won, ultimately, um, you know, she she has a lot of unique factors that makes her very very strong in this district, and. Ultimately, the, the order of people, the demographics that make up D- District 6 are unaffiliated Democrat and then Republican third. I mean, is, you know, this was an uphill battle. I should have been the underdog on paper. Uh, and, and, you know, with someone coming in without name ID, taking her on, I mean, the, it, it's bluing, but it would have definitely, definitely been almost an impossible task uh, from this point forward. So it is a blessing that we're able to hold on to another seat, maintain a little bit of balance in this community for the next two years. And we're going to have to figure out and regroup and strategize, not just on how we're just going to kind of tread water and hold on to, you know, the seat, but how are we going to take some ground and get some more balance, some more diversity of thought into this whole thing? Because when people look at the county commission today, they think they're seeing a debate. 
they're seeing a debate across the left flank of the aisle. They don't, they're not actually hearing the counter narratives, even if they don't win the day. So that's not healthy. It's not healthy locally. To your point, to what you just mentioned. So how do you can, how do you get other Republicans to win or at least split the unaffiliated vote like you've been able to do? How come other Republicans can't do that locally? Well, it's, it's not that they can't. It's that over the last 10 plus years, we have, we have been withering away in a bluing city that's gerrymandered without many places for people to be able to have seats to go after. And we've lost our bench. That's what I tried to do last summer, create a new bench. And now we did. Those folks didn't win and it was disheartening, but they're off doing other things in our community leading right now. And we've started a bench. We have to create a bench of really strong candidates with real business experience and continue to build that bench. And over time, the strength of that bench and then the frustration of people seeing what's going on around here, I have to believe that's going to make a difference. All right, last question here with Tark Bakari. I have to ask you, you had funds left over. You're trying to figure out how to spend funds on the last day of the election. How did you come up with the idea for the plane? Where did that idea come from? Well, uh, I was brainstorming once I kind of saw that the early voting was going badly for me that, all right, what levers do I have left to pull? So we maxed out all of our volunteers, all of our folks making calls. Uh, we, we pumped up our radio ads. We pumped up our digital ads. Like anything we could do, we pumped up to max levels. And I made a call, call to action for funds and everything we could do. And so when I was done, I was like, is there anything else? And I was like, what about a plane? And first I thought, well, I could see if I could find a plane and fly it over Panther Stadium for the game on Sunday. So that was the original plan. And the original banner was going to say, I figured out, let's keep winning. Because they had won the week before for the first time. And it was going to come over the first quarter, which wouldn't have been in danger of like uh, they were down so bad to lose. And that's when I learned that they shut airspace over the stadium down an hour for the uh, uh, for the game. So that was done. I was like, ah, oh, and I was like, I don't know. And then I, I was like, we're going to do it on Election Day. I mapped out the, my red precincts that I knew were the most important, and I, I actually crafted the flight plan for them. And then we're sitting uh, last, last night, Monday night, around the house, my wife, my kids, and my parents-in-law. And we're like, I was like, listen, guys, I've got 35 characters, including spaces, that we have to put on here. The media, as you know, didn't cover what they should have been covering for months now. And now because of the, of the ledger, because of you and what's been happening, then all of a sudden it's on people's radars. I was like, this is the cherry on top and it's going to garner uh, social media uh, impressions at a minimum, if not getting people out. And we were like, oh, do we do like, uh, and then we were like, hand lies and I was like ah that's too much that'll, that'll rub people the wrong way it's gotta, it's gotta be like a multi-layered pun and then my mother-in-law my mother-in-law says uh, what about uh, uh, want the plain truth question mark and plain P-L-A-N-E and we, we all looked at her we were like that's it I run up there I tell the guy late last night fit this in it was 33 characters <laughs> And we were like, it's done. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, um, there's a lot of things in campaigning that you got to do that are not sexy. But when you're done and you're down to the last couple of days and you're creative and you can be creative, 
and you got a couple extra bucks left to, to, to use, um, that's my favorite time because uh, because it, it's just it, you got to have fun if you're if you're doing this, and that's how I have fun. So I like to end most of the interviews just like this. Is there anything I didn't ask you, or anything that you want to say? I would just say that um, of all the people that I'm so proud of and thankful that are here that made this happen. Uh, the volunteers and everyone were the absolute best. Uh, but uh, of all my disappointments of what I saw in this election cycle, the greatest disappointment I have is in a lot of the folks in our more mainstream media who have been covering me for six years, of which, hey, I'm in this. I don't care. I'm not going to cry in anything. I got to deal with it. Anything there's ever been an allegation that has always been found untrue and I've been vindicated, they've all covered it every single second with headlines and everything. And they never put the headlines out when I'm completely cleared and we figured out it was a political attack. But when my opponent was out there saying things that were clearly, clearly not true and unethical, uh, none of them would cover it. And I told them all, I said, and and no one would cover it. And until the, the ledger... And you and WBT have the courage to go out there and do it. Honestly, you know, that, that it's both a sad statement that shouldn't happen in local media and local politics. But it's a great testament to your two organizations for having covered it. And, you know, I just I hope that the rest of the media takes this as a lesson uh, that um, you can't show favoritism. Treat everyone the same way, no matter what side of the aisle you're on and who your listener or reader base is. So that was my interview last night, about 30 minutes right after Tark Bakari won the election. And when we come back, we're going to hear from Stephanie Hand on why she completely misrepresented her job for many times, many, many times, not in just the one interview either. So we're going to hear about that when we return and dissect exactly what happened and how it happened. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen, going up until 8 o'clock. So we just heard from Tark Bakari, the really one-on-one in-depth interview that I had with him uh, last night, about 30 minutes after he won. And you can go to WBT.com and check it out if you missed any of it. Well, last night while I was at the Republican side, Scott Hamilton from our newsroom was at the Democrats, covering the Democrats up at the Mint Museum. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And Scott, along with many other people, went up to Stephanie Hand to try and talk to her about do you like actually throwing her softballs to start off with and then, you know, trying to figure out if she would actually respond to misleading everyone about her job. And here's how that conversation went. Uh, Scott? 
are you kind of disappointed about how things have come down the stretch though there was some confusion about some employment history or completely describing it properly do you, do you well, want to clarify that now? as i as i heard about this is it is um a part of the political landscape the thing about it is just because people say something's not true doesn't mean it's not true and so but my focus has been on my young people who are working the campaign uh, the volunteers who have been working tirelessly, and now we wait till we hear the end results. And, and now that the campaign is over, though, do you want to go ahead and clarify what you meant or what you were trying to convey? Tonight, I'm going to focus on celebrating those who have volunteered. I'm going to celebrate all those who have showed up today, and then we want to see what the the um, the results are for this afternoon. All right, Thank so you. I want you to like Scott gave her an easy way out. Like he threw her a softball to try and explain herself. But I want you to hear. In the first question, exactly what she says. I want to replay this because it's 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 like she's doubling down that she ran airports. Confusion about some employment history or completely describing it properly. Do you, do you well, want to clarify that now? As I as I heard about this, is it is um, a part of the political landscape. The thing about it is, just because people say something's not true, doesn't mean it's not true, and so. Just because somebody says something's not true doesn't mean that it's not true. I'm, I'm sorry, are you calling the Charlotte Douglas International Airport a liar? They said you never work for them. So who are you calling the liar? I, I don't understand that. And it's exactly that answer. And I don't know if she did that on her own or if she got horrific advice from Dan McCorkle, her campaign manager. Like, I, I don't know were that horrific advice or horrific reasoning to not talk to the media and completely ignore it came from. It was one of the dumbest things that you could ever do politically. When the Shaw Observer, which was forced into actually having to write an op-ed about it because of my tweet about how the Shaw Observer denied Tark Bakari ad space on Sunday, even though they gave her three ads, and they were forced into actually acknowledging that Stephanie Hand had basically lied about it, and when she won't even talk to the Shaw Observer, which is nothing more than Pravda for the Democrat Party, she wouldn't talk to them about her job situation? If that was on the advice of Dan McCorkle, holy moly, and you could not have been more wrong. And if, that, and if she did it on her own, she should have spoken to her campaign manager, Dan McCorkle, about doing so. It's like, hey, what do you think? Do you think I should just ignore all media from WBT and the Ledger and the Charlotte Observer and anyone else who calls? What do you think? What do you think I should do? Like, whole, I, I, I still, I am dumbfounded. Dumbfounded. That was the decision that she actually tried to take. Here's what we're going to do. We're just not going to talk to anybody, even though I was basically putting all this wrong information out there. So who are you saying just because they said it's not true doesn't mean that it's not true? Like, are you saying it's the Charlotte Observer? Because they're the ones who said you don't, or excuse me, the Charlotte Airport. They're the ones who said you never worked there. You worked in concessions. You worked for an outside entity. You were in charge of the food court. Or I don't even know, like in charge of it's the right word. You operated in the food court. The airport still had probably final say so since it's their property. I, I just don't understand the advice or that particular strategy that you decided to take. I I I will never. And surely to God, Dan McCorkle would have 
like would have known about what she was doing. Because he's the one that was quoted in the Observer. So I, I, I could be wrong, but it would make me believe that it was probably his strategy, which could not have been more dumb to ignore the media on something like that, especially when it's really coming to a head. Hey, I guess he thinks that nobody reads the show ledger or listens to WBT, follows my tweets or anything else. I mean, I think that tweet at the Observer only had, you know, tens of thousands of views.